What's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I have partnered with Element Lights to bring you all the equipment you need for 10% off if you use my code. A lot of you guys are into doing makeup, making YouTube videos, doing podcasts, and we use ring lights. So they have desktop ring lights, ring lights that stand up, tripods for your cameras, a tripod to hold your phone if that's what you're using to record. But whatever you use a ring light for, Element Lights has it. So go to www.elementlights.com and use KWC10 to receive 10% off of your order today. Don't miss out on it. Hey, what's up, guys? This is your girl, Coco, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Kiki and with Coco. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about it. Basically, it's about life in general with an emphasis on relationships. I have my friends, guests, or family come on the show, and we kiki about whatever the topic is. And so today, I'm really excited about the person I have on the show today because it is a man, so we get in a male's perspective, guys. But his name is Joseph Kemp, and he is a life and relationship expert. So Kemp, you want to go ahead and say what's up and then just tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Again, as you said, I'm Joseph Kemp, life and relationship expert, and I just focus on helping people to build generational health. I think a lot of us get caught up in the movies, right? The, the feelings, the emotions, the butterflies, and we miss that, you know, it's our practices that build or destroy relationships. So I help people identify those things and be able to connect the habits that they need with the lifestyle that they desire. Mm, that sounds good. I think a lot of people uh, could benefit from the information that you provide because there are a lot of people out here with questions in regards to life and relationships. But Absolutely. before we get into everything, you know, we're going to start off with our drink this week. And so this week's drink with Coco is recommended by the guest, and he recommended a strawberry margarita, which I think everybody likes a good margarita, especially you add a little bit of flavor to it. You can go to any restaurant and say, hey, can I get a strawberry margarita on the rocks? Can I get it uh, frozen? You know, and I just think it's a all around like feel good type of drink. A hundred percent. And so now that we got our drink going, we're going to go ahead and get into this word on the street. So I know everybody is feeling some type of way. The government keep blocking us from getting money. All the other countries are supporting their people. And all America has done is give us 1200 funky little dollars. And now <laughs> they like $600. What is $600 going to do? <laughs> And I don't know, like, on one end, I understand that the government is not, they're not responsible for supporting us as people, whether you're black or not. But on the other end, I do understand for the people that's in need, you know, they're looking for a little bit more. I just, everything's about balance, man. It's about, you know, taking what you can for what's given to you, but also just trying to create opportunities for yourself. I think it's so important that we as black people, we become more business minded and have more of that entrepreneurial spirit so that we're not dependent upon the government or other people that's healthy i will say now i think a lot more people are like getting into this entrepreneurial spirit growing up it was not like be your own boss it was you go to school you get your degree and you get you a good job you know what i'm saying and so now to be a part of this culture and everybody is like you know i'm starting a business you know i'm writing a book and i think it's important that we do that, especially for times like this when we haven't been able to work. A lot of people haven't been able to work steady jobs. And especially if you don't have a job that allows you to work from home or whatever, like either you're on the front lines, like working every day or you in the house, not working at all. And so, you know, that assistance from the government is necessary. Yeah, 100%. I think it's key, too, for us to always remember that 
the idea of just getting a job has never been enough. It's always been tied to who you are and who you're connected to. And so going to school and being educated is great. But if you don't have the personality to build relationships, if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't know how to practice discipline or endure through tough times, you still won't make it. Like your job, your degree alone won't save you. So there's some to develop personally to help us in spite of a degree. Yeah, for sure. And I think for people who don't have a degree, like maybe being an entrepreneur is a good step for you because it allows you to be your own boss and you have limitless options for yourself. Like once you like really set your mind to it and do it. And it's, it's not for the faint at heart. It's not easy, but I, I definitely think that um, a lot of us should just step out on faith and the, the money that they have given us. I've, I know people who have taken those stimulus checks and used it to, you know, jumpstart a business. And so I personally have not had to use my stimulus money to jumpstart a business or whatever, but, you know, because I do have a full-time job and my job been like, oh, you coming to work every day, you know, ain't no work (laughs) from home, even though I got a whole laptop and I can work from home, but they like, you gonna be your ass up in here every day. So, you know, I go to work every day. So, and I thank God that I do have a job that can support me because, like doing this podcast is not very lucrative at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not pulling any cash in from this. And so if you follow me on social media, you'll see I'm doing other things outside of this podcast to bring in other income. You know, it's slow rolling, but you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Everything starts. Yeah. Everything has, they say. For sure. So Now that, you know, we kind of talked about these stimulus checks, you know, I would like to see that 2000 roll in my account. But, you know, (laughs) if they're not going to give it to me, I I take this little $600 and put it in my savings account, you know. But um, (laughs) what'd you say? (laughs) I say take whatever you can get, right? Right. I say what I can get. But now, so next we're going to talk about Will I Am. and so. If you all know, Will I Am is a part of the music group Black Eyed Peas, and he is a black man. And other members of his group are not black, but he made a statement and said he's disappointed or hurt that they're not considered a black group. And in this instance, the one drop of black don't make it black. <laughs> Man, you know, when you start talking about people's perspectives and feelings, it's always ambiguous. Everybody's going to have a view. So I don't know if you can if you can really have people believe or embrace that you are a black group. If your group is not black, if your entire group is not black, it's going to be hard as they call us, right? The black community, right? To be like, no, seriously, like you think of like the Michael Jackson days when he was black, right? And they were growing up. That was an all black group. Right. All his, right. But in his situation, yeah, that's that's hard. That's hard for you to try to pull that card and be upset about that. And honestly, I thought they at least had two black people in the group. But when I actually looked into it, the other dude that looked black is not black. He is Filipino. <laughs> He's the only one. Well, I am. Yeah, he is the only black person in this group because you got Fergie. She is white. Um I always thought this one was Asian, but come to find out he Mexican. Let me see what his name is, because I had pulled it all up. Taboo. I thought Taboo was Asian, but he actually Mexican. And then Will I Am is Black. I don't know how to pronounce this other one name, but the other one that I said looked Black, but he Filipino. So it's just like, I get you're a Black man, and you do a lot of work with other Black artists, but your group is not black. You are a multicultural, multiracial group who have touched many types of people, not just black people. <laughs> so he should, I don't know why that's a big deal for him. I guess you know he just wants everybody to be associated as a black because he considers the head of the group, but yeah, it's gonna be hard for people to really get behind that. Yeah, because I think when you think about it, like, I always thought 
Fergie was like the lead singer of, of the group. And so for that to be your front runner, you know, how, how would you think y'all a black group? Like I said, the one drop of black don't count. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're not half black, you know, they're all of different ethnic backgrounds. So yeah, that, that's hard, man. It's hard to, I understand the passion. I, I can, I can support the, the passion that he has about it, but yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be hard to sell that one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I don't think it's nothing against him, but it's just like, you know, you may have grown up with these people or have this really cl close brotherhood, sisterhood with these people, but they not black, my friend. One thing to say, listen, my group, we support the black community. Whole nother thing to be like, we're a bad group. Like, no. <laughs> yes, exactly. No. Yeah, definitely. It's one thing to say, we support the black group. We, the black people, we appreciate the black people's support. But to say we are a black group is a no, sir. <laughs> that is not the case. Yeah, 100%. It's like saying, you know, I help other people raise their children, so I'm a mom. It's like, well, technically you're not if you don't have any kids yourself. Yeah. What you're doing is great, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're a mom. So, yeah, that's kind of the same concept. Yeah. Just call me auntie, y'all. I ain't your mama. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, like I said, Will I Am, we enjoy your music. We enjoy your contribution to black music, to the culture, but your group is not black. So sorry to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> they made millions. They should be okay. Yeah, like not being considered a black group is not hurting y'all in no way, shape, form, or fashion. Nope. But yeah, so that is going to wrap it up for the word on the street. And now we're going to get into the nitty gritty, the hot cup of cocoa for this week. So in this week's hot cup of cocoa, I am talking with Joseph basically about why men cannot commit. And I know this is a big one because I feel like me personally, there are so many men out there who... You know, they say they want to settle down and they get with one person, but then they be still tiptoeing out the door or they like serial non-committers or whatever, just dating multiple people all over the place. And so, you know, Joseph is kind of here to give us some insight on the male perspective in this conversation. So I think what happens with men is all men get a bad rap. I think notoriously, before I jump into men, and I want to be clear, I'm not making excuses for any men. I just want to give a perspective, right? When you look at the last two decades, when you look at just how the male is portrayed, the media has done, has done a wonderful job of shedding them in a negative light. When you think of TV sitcoms, a lot of times, the man has really no voice. He's known as a couch potato. You know, he's not known as the one that's leading his family. You know, when you listen to the music of today, Everything is promoted about infidelity, having multiple women, right? Call them on out their name. You go on and on, right? So mm -hmm. I tell people that both men and women come into the world the same. You come in as an innocent child. Based on the environments and the culture that you're attached to, that begins to develop who you are, what influences you. And so I think the differences between the men who commit and those who don't commit really is what's influencing them. Mm -hmm. right other men or influences that are setting the right example for you, you are going to be committed to the woman that you want to be with and continue to grow through that process. So do you think if a man grows up in a house where he has a mother and a father who is married and, you know, all of these type of things, do you think that kind of sets the tone as to how he will be when it comes to dating and settling down and that type of thing? A hundred percent, because he has the example in front of him. If you grow up as a man, right, think about the dynamics, right? If you grow up as a man and you have an example, a healthy example of your father being there to show you what it is to love your mom, 
or his mom, to love your sisters, or just the woman in life. You see him being respectful. You see him opening doors. You see him, you know, never saying anything negative about her out in public, right? Everything that they talk about is in private. That sets the tone for you. But what do we know about most men? They grow up without fathers. They have the wrong influences. And they still have to take, <clears throat> excuse me, some responsibility, right, for who they are. But they're not totally responsible for that because what is influencing them is the media, which is not giving you a great life. Mm-hmm. Everything in the media, whether you read it, you watch it, or you listen to it, the message that it sends to men is that manhood is about having multiple women. Manhood is about just getting your money, sleeping around. Manhood is not about being committed. That's the message that's constantly pushed to them. So without having that structure in your life, you follow what everybody else is doing. So when I so when I think about growing up in a single household or whatever, for me personally, I grew up in a single parent household. And so, I mean, it wasn't always that way, but at a point it was. But just seeing how my mother operated, like seeing things that she probably longed for or wanted, you know, of course, that I saw that, you know? And so... I'm thinking like, if you see your mother being like, you know, she's a good woman, hardworking woman, but feels like, you know, there should be a man in the household to to have that presence, to love and to cherish her and all these things. Like, why wouldn't a man put himself in the thought process of, you know, I want to be able to to be that man for the woman, for a woman in my life or the woman in my life? I believe that every man has that. It's just a matter of what their thought process is and how they go about it. There are a lot of men where from the woman's perspective, rightfully so, you will say, well, they're not really good, they're not faithful. But every man in his depths wants to have his ride or die, as we like to call it, or that main woman in his life, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is the woman needs to be the only woman, not the main woman, meaning like there are other women along the side. Every man deep down wants to have that woman that he spends his life with and wants to be you know the best father he can to his kids but having a desire to do something and then understanding how to do it and practicing the habits that you need to are totally different and i think a lot of men you know they have these desires but they don't know how to walk in them in a healthy way and so they go to the wrong influences and they say well you know what it's okay if i have multiple women because this is manhood a man gonna be a man, right? Manhood, to me, if I had to give a definition, manhood, it's about the mental transition that takes place in your mind that then, you know, translates to how you live. So manhood is about how you think and how you live. It's not about your age. It's not about your gender. True manhood is about your thought process. What do you think about women? What do you think about family? What do you think about finances, right? What are the daily habits that you practice that contribute to who you are and to the people in your circle. That's manhood. Mm-hmm. Anybody can can sleep with, you know, different women. The same way, like, as a woman, you know, just having a child doesn't make you a mother. That's a title, right? Mm-hmm. It's the life you live. Mm-hmm. How do you nurture them? You know, what are they learning from you? What is the example that you're setting from them? That's motherhood. I think we're just too caught up in titles versus who we are in the lifestyle that we live. Mm, that's good the you know stuck in titles because I know a lot of women get married because you know they think it's what they're supposed to do they like the idea of being married but don't necessarily know what it is to be married what the work that's required to stay married you know and so I know like me personally, I'm not going to lie. Like when I think about that, sometimes it's hard for me to like choose a person and be like, okay, I choose this person because I have options. You know, do you think like as a man, and I know, I feel like it may be a little bit more deep rooted in men than it is women, but do you feel like there are too many options or ways that keep men from not focusing on the task of being a committed and faithful person? hundred percent. So the number one thing that is a gift and a lot of times a curse for men is their vision. We as men are visual creatures. We are created this way. Like there's nothing we can do about it. So 
it's easy for us to be stimulated visually as men. That's how all men are created. But what men have to do now is because of this gift, right, to be able to see, you have to now practice discipline. Okay, I understand, you know, my, if I don't control what I see with my eyes, I can get myself into trouble. So I got to take ownership of what I focus on and what I'm watching, whether that's in person or, you know, in the media. And that takes great discipline as you have to practice. But I also, when you as a man don't have a clear cut understanding of what it is that you want and what you're looking for, that's why all the options become so enticing to you. But when you become specific about, you know, this is the kind of woman that I'm looking for. This is the kind of mindset I would like her to have. These are the kind of habits or the principles and values that I live by that I want her to have those as well. She doesn't need to be like me, but we need to have the same principles and values. That starts to narrow your window of how many women will actually pique your interest. If we're only moving based upon what we see and physical attraction for a man, yeah, you'll be all over the place. There'll be a hundred different women that you'll be interested in because you'll like this skin color, you'll like these eyes, you'll like this body shape, and you'll always be able to bounce around. But when you really start to become clear about what you're looking for, not just externally, but internally, it becomes a little bit more uh, narrow, like I said, when it comes to your choices for women. Right. And I, I can understand that for sure. So in talking about, you know, somebody being like just not focused, do is it where if a man feels like he don't have his life in order, like maybe he don't have the, the career he wants or the job that he wants, does that hinder him as well from deciding to be a committed person? 100%. 100%. Because at the end of the day, there's this thing, right? <laughs> Not to offend any woman. There's this thing where a woman will, you know, change their focus at different times based upon what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. To give you an example, a man may say, listen, before we have kids, we want to make sure that we're solidified, we're in a good place financially. A woman may say, no, you know, I'm ready. And I love you. You love me. We're together. Let's have a child. Not think about the consequences to come. He's thinking about them. The woman's like, oh, no, let's do it. Now, if he makes a decision to follow her lead, that whole situation will blow up in his face later if they're not set financially. Mm -hmm. And then he'll be like, well, I told you this. He's like, yeah, but we're already here in this position. So men are always trying to make sure that they're solidified in that place for the future. You know, the ones who are focused because they're like, I don't want to be in that place. I don't want unnecessary stress. You say you don't want unnecessary stress because what? You don't want unnecessary stress if you can prevent it. Mm -hmm. So men have an intuition. stress coming, right? Because they value their peace. And for the men who's focused, He's not looking to tie himself to anything that's going to bring unnecessary stress. If he can prepare himself in any situation as best as possible, he's going to do so. Mm. So do you think the 80-20 believe, or do you believe or subscribe to the 80-20 rule? In reference to what? To relationships? Like yeah, 80 to relationships. Nah, I'm 100 100. <laughs> <laughs> believe in the 50 50 because if you only bring in half of who you are you're still going to have problems mm -hmm. the the beginning root of relationships is all about identity and understanding who you are as a person and unfortunately i can boldly say working in the field most people have no idea who they are they don't mm -hmm. know what they they don't know what they believe they don't have set values principles, or boundaries and because of that everybody's all over the place it's like if when GPS, like if you say, okay, I'm going to put in the GPS, I'm going to go south. You're just going to keep driving south. You don't know where you're going. You just know you're going south. But it's the difference if I say, okay, I want to go to Texas, and this is the exact address. The GPS is going to lead you exactly where you need to go. Mm -hmm. Most people, when they think of their GPS compass, they're just heading in a direction. They have no idea where they're going. They have no idea what they're aiming for. And so that makes it very more difficult for you to not only be able to connect with someone potentially, but to understand, you know, what's going to take place in a relationship. You have no sense of direction. Mm -hmm. Okay. So men basically need direction. They need a healthy example. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 
they need to to know what they need to have them, themselves figured out kind of like yeah. kind of want a direct path as to this is how things are going to go yeah men two things that every man needs he needs a wise counsel which means he needs other men particularly in his same age group and older mm-hmm. um who able to share wisdom with him in reference to life and relationships because no man figures everything out by himself mm-hmm. the second thing he needs to do is he needs to establish who he is what are your principles and values that you stand on because they're the foundation of who you are and they should never change so when you have those set in place you begin to navigate a little bit easier when it comes to who you're choosing to connect with men who are very serious who understand who they are they're very selective mm-hmm. they're very selective in the relationship that they build that's with women and with men for those who are not again they're going to be all over the place you can always kind of tell the difference um when you see one of the signs you see men who don't really fit in with the crowd they're kind of doing their own thing you should watch them right if you're a woman if you're interested because they probably have more of an understanding of who they are versus everyone who's with the crowds mm-hmm. okay that makes sense so ladies if y'all out and about and y'all see him just doing something a tad different you know that might be the person you need to show a little interest to <laughs> versus the ones like this all they got to be in the limelight and stuff you know I, I feel like those type of people they looking for that attention that validation you know and maybe someone who is off in the corner somewhere like to himself maybe he he don't need that validation maybe he's already secure in the person that he is and that personalities right you have the introverts and you have the extroverts but it's really you know men who have an understanding of who they are they're not really trying to be seen that's not their goal mm-hmm. they don't need to be party right now if they're with people that they have great relationships with absolutely you can have a good time but at the end of the day you know when a man knows who he is and where he's going uh he's willing to walk away even from relationships if needed to because you know he has a goal he's focused on there's nothing more dangerous than a man with a vision who understands what he wants and where he's going you know you even as a woman as beautiful as you might be if you're not in alignment with his goals or with his principles and values he won't even entertain you he'll keep moving okay so say there is a woman and she's dating somebody and this guy hasn't like he doing all the things like make her feel like number one but she know he like dibbling and dabbling do you think this woman should should stay with him and ride it out until he get it together or should she go no she should go she should have a first um to let him know where she is don't just disappear Mm-hmm. And if she wants to commit to him, there needs to be changes made. If he's unwilling to do that, or he just tries to sweet talk the situation, she should move on. Yeah, I definitely think that you know when when you're in the midst, and I think this is anybody when you're in the midst of it, you you can't see the full picture. You kind of just like, I know he going to get it together. I know he loves me. You know X Y and Z. But then here you are sometime down the road and you still in the same place and so i think just knowing your own self-worth you know it's important that you step away like like you said have the conversation tell this person like these are the changes that i need to see made and if you can't follow through with those changes like i'm gonna go (laughs) that's why we need wise counsel though it's very important because we're not we have blind spots we're not gonna see everything ourselves Sure. And that's why you wise people that you can be able to go to and they can give you different perspective than just your own relying only on yourself and relationships that's a red flag that is a red flag you need other people it doesn't necessarily have to be coaches right even though i do encourage it you need other people that you can go to and say hey this is my situation this is what i'm facing can you give me perspective on this and they can break it down for you mm-hmm. versus just you because you're in it, right? So you can't see everything that's going on, but people on the outside will be like, you know what, yeah, I don't think that's good for you. This is why. Yeah. So even if they are not seeking professional help, what do you think about just like going to your friends and being like, what y'all think about this situation? Like taking the advice of the friends. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> 
I have to pause on it because I do understand that most of us are not intentional about building friendships. So usually your friends give you bad advice. Mm-hmm. That's most situations. That's why I said wise counsel. Yeah. Find wisdom, right? Who can actually help you. If you just have a people surrounding you, that's just going to tell you the things that you want to hear or just agree with everything that you say, that doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. Meet people that's going to be respectful, but real and uncut with you and tell you the truth. Like, listen, you know, what is it that you want? Because if, if you really value yourself and you're really trying to build something healthy, you know, hoping and wishing that this change, there's no hoping and wishing in relationships. You know, is either a person that's committed to do that work or not. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about the person's commitment to the relationship and the willingness to make certain changes. And if a person's only telling you like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. But you see the same thing, you have to make a decision. Yeah. I, I think that's real. Like I'm one of like the people I surround myself with or the people I consider friends, um, either we've been friends for a really long time or I can just, the, the people I do encounter, I become very close with. And of course, there are things that we have in common that is just like, okay, I can relate to you on this, you know, whatever. But in the same token, I also look for friends that I feel are going to bring value to my life. And hopefully, they see me as a person who brings value to their life as well. So when I ask my friends, like, for advice, I genuinely know it's coming from a place of concern. And my friends don't tell me what I want to hear. Sometimes my friends be coming at my head and I'd be like, okay, pause, pause, pause. Like, okay, girl, okay, girl. <laughs> like, I get it. You do not have to cut my head off. But, you know, sometimes you need that, you know? Um, because if you, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uncomfortable. Um, but I think it's needed in your friend groups. Like, I don't want no, no friends that's going to be a yes man. Just like, I don't want no man that's going to be a yes man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to feel like, because yeah, we have commonalities, my friends, but we also have differences. How we handle things are different. You know, my friend may be like, girl, like, just go left field, be like, yeah, I'm ready to go put some sugar in this tank, flat them tires, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, okay, girl, I understand I need to back away, but I'm going to handle it a little differently. But, right. you know, you, you still need those type of people in your life. <laughs> 100%. But I also agree, get you some professional help, too. <laughs> Coaches, therapists, we have, we have this bad taste in our mouth about therapists, but I know people who are married who still have therapists that they go to, not because their marriage is failing, just because they want to continue to keep a fresh perspective, you know, from each other's view. And we change, right? From our 20s, 30s, to our 40s, to our 50s. I think one of the things that really robs people in relationships is thinking that it's supposed to stay the same, you know? Like once you enter into the relationship, this is how it's going to be for the next 60 years. It's like, no, it's not. Life's going to happen. Your perspective is going to change. Your needs and wants are going to change. And love languages might alter, right, as you get older. And you have to continue to make those adjustments within the relationships. But principles and values, they rarely change. That's yeah. the foundation. Mm-hmm. I agree. So one thing I remember, um, so I am divorced now. But before I got married, before I got married, I had a friend that basically told us, he said, whatever you think you know about marriage, throw it out the window. Like, because y'all are different people. Make your own rules. Do what serves you all and not what serves everybody else. And I feel like I took that to heart in that moment, but I don't necessarily think he did. So we we was bumping heads a lot. But I think that's important to also mention as well, like, just because this is how your parents did it or this is how your parents stayed together for however many years that they've been together do not mean that that's going to work for you or just because your parents separated and could not work it out do not mean that you can't do the same and like you can't work it out in your relationship. <laughs> I love what you said and I back you a thousand percent and this is why. 
that's another one of the misconceptions I believe are relationships is people thinking that they have to mimic exactly what their parents did or what their grandparents did. And for some reason, I think strongly in the black community more than ever, we connect longevity to healthy. What I mean by that is we say, well, if a couple was together for a long time, they obviously did something right. They mm-hmm. must have automatically relationship just because they stayed together. I think the one thing we can learn from our grandparents' generation is commitment. No matter what they went through, they were committed. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that they had a relationship? That's debatable because we don't know a lot of times. Right. So it's about taking the lessons from other people, but don't try to mimic, like you said, their relationship because your personalities are not the same. Your experiences are not the same. You're not the same people. You can't be somebody else. Just learn from them. And like you said, create your own foundation. I preach this all the time for your relationship. You create the culture. You establish what that legacy is, the two of you working together. Yeah, exactly. And so when you think about looking at your grandparents' relationship and the longevity or the commitment that they had to each other, you sometimes, I feel like, and and this is definitely portrayed in like media, but like men growing up and seeing their fathers like, yeah, he take care of home, the mother don't want for nothing, but he out in the street like doing what he doing, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, that could be the example that some men grew up with. Like, you know, my dad made sure we was good and he was doing his thing on the side, but we we was always taken care of. And it's just like, just because you take care of somebody financially don't mean that you hurting them in other areas, like emotionally or physically or, you know, just mentally. And so um, that that's definitely an example of a bad example. Right. You know, of seeing your parents together and what you think a relationship should look like. You made another great point. So provision, like I grew up in a church. I'll use that as an example. And I, for, I don't know, two decades or more, I've always heard about, you know, manhood is about the man supporting his family. And usually when they use that reference, it was always financial. Mm-hmm. What I've come to though is being a provider as a man goes beyond finances, right? You need to provide provide a safe place for your wife and your kids to be mentally and emotionally, right? You need to be present mm. and being physically and present, but also invested mentally and emotionally in the family. And so I think most men grow up only thinking what you're saying, right? To be a provider. As long as I put food on the table, we're good. Like your family needs much more for you than finances. And then, and in homes today where there are women making more than men, that doesn't mean women don't need you now because they make more money than you do. They still need you to invest in them mentally. They still need you to invest in them emotionally. Your kids still need you to be present, see the examples of what it means to love, right? And to cherish and to speak life into your family. So it's important that men, we have to take ownership of our own lives at this place. Most of us, we're not going to have the examples. That's where we live in. Mm-hmm. And so at the reverse engineer what does manhood mean to me? What does the best version of myself mean as a man, as a husband, as a father? I work from there. Once I identify what that is and I work backwards, how do I obtain that? We have to own it ourselves because unfortunately we don't have the examples. Definitely. I, I definitely think that, you know, like you said, take from what we had growing up and expand on that. And also how you mentioned you know, building generational health and not just generational wealth, because health is more than just like your physical well-being. Health is just all aspects of your life. You know, if your your home life is messy and crazy, you're going to be stressed out. And guess what? You got high blood pressure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you stressed. And it's just like if you could, like you said, a man wants his peace. A woman wants peace, too. She want peace too. And she want a partner that's going to help foster that environment. You know what I'm saying? Just like I'm sure a man wants a spouse that's going to foster that environment for, you know, peace to be within the household. But if you out here dibbling and dabbling like today's woman ain't going to let you just cheat in peace. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, why even bring this energy into your home? Well, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. We have to understand 
that just because we want something or desire something, that's not enough. If you don't have the habits that create the lifestyle, what you desire is not going to take place. And I think a lot of people fail because they're passionate about something, but they never identify what habits do I need to create or implement in my life to bring about what I'm passionate about. They just believe so hardly in the passion, but passion doesn't produce anything. It's literally just a motion. So again, that's why I'm teaching people about habits. It's really habits. Habits are the difference maker. What mm-hmm. you practice, what you implement, what you create, that is what sets the tone for all relationships. You can read all the books you want to. You can listen to all the audios. That's great, right? But information is only information if you don't apply it. That's all it is. Yeah. So I think this was a very good discussion. And I I definitely think it gives people something to think about. Like men, if you feel like you're in a place where you don't know what you want or you don't know how to settle down, surround yourself with like-minded people you know, try and figure out what it is that is of value to you, what you believe your spouse, what type of characteristics you think your spouse should have to, to hone in on those values that you have. And they have, your values both have to match, you know, and know, know who you are, be comfortable in who you are, because if you're not comfortable you go, you're going to seek to, to find validation in what your surroundings are or what the media believes you should be doing at this point or how you should be acting. Um, and like you said, build those habits that are going to foster these, these steps. Yeah. It's called television, right? Yeah. Huh? called television. So the world is always giving you a vision. And if you don't have one for your own, you'll continue to follow theirs. Mm-hmm, for sure. And so that is going to wrap up this week's Hot Cup of Cocoa. And now we are going to do the Ask Coco segment. And so as I mentioned in previous episodes, y'all still not sending me no letters. So I just have to find letters online and give my advice as I see fit. So this one, and I think this letter is definitely in line about what we talked about today. Um, So this says, I have been married for almost three years now. My husband and I are intimate at least four days every week. I like to keep things hot and spicy. Nothing is ever the same in bed or wherever we choose to do it. I do all that I can to please him and I make sure I am pleased as well. Our sex is always amazing but he has confessed to being unfaithful during our entire marriage. He told me that he has been sleeping with women in our home, on our couch, in restaurants, and even in cars. Not to mention one of the women he slept with was the only friend that I had. Well, at least I thought she was. He just can't get enough sex. I'm so lost and confused because he says that it is not me. He says he just can't help it. I can't seem to satisfy him. So I'm just going to say I was taken aback when she said he did it in their home on their couch. And I'm like, so you going to disrespect my house like this? But I mean, that's a lot to take in, especially for someone that you're married to. Like you're not even just dating this person. There is. Be very clear, right? I'm not making any excuses for anybody's behavior. There's a book that I'm currently reading right now. It's called His Needs, Her Needs. And it talks about how many affairs start. And they start from an emotional connection that's being built, whether it's with the woman or the man, where they're not able to maybe express what they feel or think. And they find someone in the workplace or outside of home they're able to do that with because they form that emotional connection. That then leads to infidelity. Now, was that his situation? I have no idea. But one thing is for certain, he doesn't respect her because he brought them into the home. He brought them into their bed, I believe is what you said, and into their couch. Yeah, you don't respect your marriage or your relationship or the woman for you to do that. Mm. I don't know what is. Um, That's not enough information to even be able to speak much on it, but just the act itself, that that is disrespectful, and she needs to part ways with that. 
So you you would say part ways, no reconciliation. And that in that situation, um, infidelity is hard to come back from. Couples have done it, but their marriage is usually not the same. Mm. There are those overcome. But in that situation, how do you reconcile? It's different if it was like a one-time thing. Right. But if you multiple times, right, and you even brought them into the home, you clearly have sent the message like your desire is greater than your need to respect your own marriage or to value what you have in your life. Was mm. to stay and say, let's work this out. How long would it take her to recover from something like that? Right. You could be in a position that maybe she or he could go to jail because obviously she's deeply hurt. You would need time, like real time away from him. And would he be able to be celibate all that time and stay away from women and really focus on the relationship? I don't know. That's between the both of them to figure that out. But she would need a lot of time to heal from something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I would definitely say, I think as far as like working it out, like maybe, you know, a physical separation needs to take place. Maybe yeah. some counseling, you know, individual and together counseling. Cause it sounds like maybe he has a sex ad- addiction, maybe seeing that he feels a need to just have sex all the time, any, any place, anytime, you know, type deal. Maybe he got some type of sex addiction and so like I said, individually and together, I think they should seek therapy. And if he can't, I, I think after that action, if he can't get his act together to be like, you know, you going to lose me and, you know, whatever. Like you said, if your deci- desire is that strong and it, it's more than what we have, then that's when I would break way, break ties. Like, this is not. Apparently, I'm not what you want. I don't know that that is a desire problem, though. Mm-hmm. There's something in the woman that we are wired the same. If you're with your wife and she's having sex with you four times a week, that's a pretty good number, right? Four times every single week. She's spicing things up. So she's switching things up. And even having that at home, you're still going outside and back home when she's not there to sleep with multiple women there's something deeper going on there and Mm -hmm. so again i I don't know if that's something that you can recover from Mm -hmm. i don't promote and that's why i said maybe a separation at first uh but i I don't know if that's something that she'll be able to recover from one of when it comes to trust in a relationship when that is broken it's hard especially in this situation to recover that Mm mm-hmm you're right. It the trust is definitely hard to to regain. And then, like you said, it's one thing to to say like it happened one time, you know, whatever. But to say it's happened on multiple occasions, you've done this our entire relationship. Like, I guess, like just thinking back on the the information that she did give, it's just like, yeah, maybe we definitely need to to just separate. Like, you just need to lose me and maybe you get the rest of your life together. Maybe I'm just not it. For any man, you don't need to be perfect for this. For any man that considers his family, right? When he made a decision that he understand was a poor decision, he's going to stop and reflect on that. Hopefully go to his wise counsel, figure out how do I rectify this? Mm -hmm. But your place of no return when you repeatedly do this and then you feel comfortable enough to bring somebody into your home, you're long gone. Yeah. Whatever your mindset, wherever you are mentally anymore, you're long gone. Mm-hmm. Now you have, you have no boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's unfortunate, you know, that someone had to experience that or whatever, but I definitely think that, you know, if y'all find yourselves in these situations, like really just think about everything, um, like take everything into account, you know, but cheating is something hard to come back from. Once trust has been lost, it is hard to rebuild. There are couples that bounce back from it, but like Joseph said, 
the relationship will probably never be the same. That's very difficult. It's important that we always set boundaries in relationships and we have to protect ourselves emotionally, meaning that don't be so open and vulnerable with people outside of your marriage or Mm -hmm. even in your relationship. Because again, as I've been reading in the book, that's how a lot of affairs start. They're never intentional in most cases, right? If what you're not getting at home, you get somewhere else. And that's not always a matter of sex in the beginning. It could just be feeling accepted, feeling heard, feeling like the person cares about what you have to say. If you feel rejected and closed at home and then you go somewhere else and that person is always encouraging you, uplifting you, listening to you, right? You're going to draw closer to them. And once mm-hmm. the emotion forms, right? For the woman, the legs open. For the men, the legs spread. So however you want to look at it. Yeah. That's how. Yeah, I agree. So this was a very good discussion. You definitely gave some good insight. I know I was taking some notes. Um, you know, I hope y'all gain something from this as well. So Joseph, you want to let people know where they can fi- follow you at on social media and if Absolutely. you have like any projects that you're working on. Yeah, I got some things in the works, but nothing um, finite right now. So I'm not going to put anything out there. <laughs> I understand. I understand. <laughs> follow me on, on Instagram. I am Joseph Kemp. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. I am Joseph Kemp, but I'm usually on Instagram. That's where you can find me the most. Also do weekly lives, uh, relationship discussions on um, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So you can tune into that as well. And yeah, look out for this year for some great things to be on the way. Okay. You got to have me on the show so we can have some talks. <laughs> i get you on there. Yeah, for sure. So I appreciate you coming on this, this episode with me. Like I said, very valuable information. I definitely look forward to... Whatever it is that you're working on, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. I'm sure it's going to be something that people are going to need. Um, and so, yeah, just thank you for come, like carving out this time to talk with me. And I appreciate y'all for listening. Y'all can follow me on Instagram and, and Twitter at Kiki and with Coco. You can, if you have questions that y'all would like to submit to the Ask Coco segment, Y'all can message me, DM me on Instagram, or email me at kikianwithcocopod at gmail.com. And there's an email button in my IG that will direct you to my email. And then I recently just launched my Drink With Coco shot glasses. So if y'all want to cop one, they are on the website. They should be getting shipped out by January 15th. So go ahead and get you one. And like I said, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. So until next time, bye. Take care.